Good morning, Faith Fellowship. If you have your Bible, be turning to Acts chapter 17. We're going to try to finish this up, this chapter up today. We are now in the sermon on Mars Hill. Remember where Paul is right now. He is by himself in Athens. He's had a little run in with the Epicureans. He's had a run in with the Stoics. These are two groups that are like kind of the most popular uh, philosophical academics of the day. Uh, no longer are people really disciples of Plato and Aristotle, um, but now they have kind of transitioned into these individuals and the, and the kind of distinguishing difference between the two. Epicureans are kind of like, uh, both of them are in pursuit of happiness. And one looks at the pursuit of happiness with, I will find it by pleasure. And not necessarily uh, sensual, sexual, but very much like eating and drinking and being merry. Um, they saw relationships like marriage and, and sex actually as dubious. <laughs> Sad, <laughs> right? And then, uh, but they really valued friendship. And so it's interesting to me when I was just thinking about that in terms of the perversion of fellowship, right? It's like it's built around, okay, we're going we're gonna to eat, drink, and be merry and try to have good fellowship with one to another. But can we actually have fellowship if that's all it is, right? And then you got the Stoics who also are in, in pursuit of happiness, but these would be um, individuals that have disciplined their lives to not be affected by the challenges that life is going to give you even in this time period obviously things would have been a little bit strange athens now is being controlled by well it's under roman you know rule but still athens is athens it's still a place that is considered uh kind of like you know whatever university town we would think boston would kind of be like that since mit and harvard are there uh, it would, Athens would be kind of considered that and, and New York because it is also like a cultural epicenter. And so just with all of those things going on, this is something that uh, Paul wasn't impressed by at all, <laughs> right? And remember, we saw that it said that he was stirred in his spirit and led to like, man, I'm looking at all these things. I'm looking at these great temples, these statues. And something else too that is kind of interesting is how they valued even um, like one component of something good. There would be a, a statue or some sort of signage to virtue, uh, to happiness, right? And so while he's looking at all of these things, he finds this inscription that says to the unknown God. And so he is witnessing individuals who are showing a devotion. Man, they're, they're, there's a worship but it's all misguided. And it's a lot of uh, self-interest that he has. And so things haven't really gone poorly. You know, he's been able to go into the synagogue and speak. And, and now really once they heard him speaking, remember he went to the markets as well and in the streets and anybody that would listen to him. And so that's led these leaders of the Areopagus, which is kind of like the king's court you know, these would be the probably his uh, highest council of, of individuals that would, you know, give him wisdom are saying, hey, we're going to give you the floor to talk about this Christianity. 
And the thing that you got to kind of keep in mind about this time period is this is the early church. Remember, Acts is a historical book. And so we are kind of walking through a 32-year period, if we go from the first chapter to the last, of what's taking place here. And so just doctrinally, one thing that we got to keep in our minds is this. The Gentiles would have been completely oblivious to the idea of who God is. At best, they would have only really had any exposure watching Israel in pursuit of Judaism. And if we're talking really early history, you would just be deathly afraid because you're watching very interesting things happening. Pillars of fire, you know, all of these types of things. So the Gentiles would have kind of had this standoff kind of view. So this is really the thing that is leading the discussion where now I'm, I don't even think Paul, he's stirred in the spirit, but not, he's not mad at them. He understands that they don't know better. And so he wants to clarify that, right? And so I, I think the one thing just in terms of as we're looking at our title, knowing the person of God is this gives us an opportunity to just really evaluate what do we know of God? My central idea here is that God desires a relationship with mankind. And the Gentiles would have never heard that. None of their gods are personal. They're not relationship builders. They don't, they're not fathers. <laughs> they don't love you. If you think about, I was thinking about this too, just in terms of even like, what we're talking about, African culture, Native American culture, especially indigenous peoples, a lot of times a God is assigned to something that they, that could kill you. <laughs> so you're, you're just valuating your, you know, your uh, mortality. Like if this mount, if I follow this mountain, I will die. I must worship it. This sea will drown me. I must worship it. This bear will slap my face off. I must worship it. Right. And so you just, it's pretty easy. The idea is right, like there is something more powerful than you, but man, you just, you got a lot of them. <laughs> right. And what they miss is the opportunity to be in a relationship with something else that can do all of those harmful things, but also love you, right? And so Paul wants to bring that to the forefront. We'll read our text here and then we'll just pray really quick. Let's look at this. We'll start in 1721 just to set the tone for what it is that their uh, thought process is um, just as a group. And then we'll, uh, we'll go all the way to the end. Acts 17 verse 21 says, for all the Athenians and strangers which were there spent their timing nothing else but either to tell or to hear some new thing. Then Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill and said, ye men of Athens, I perceive that in all things you are too superstitious. For as I passed by and beheld your devotions, I found an altar with this inscription to the unknown God, whom therefore ye ignorantly worship, excuse me, worship him, declare I unto you. God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands, neither is worship with men's hands as though he need anything seeing he giveth to all life and breath and all things and hath made of one blood all nations of men 
for to dwell on the face of the earth and have determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation, they, that they should seek the Lord, if haply they might feel after him and find him, though he be not far from every one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being as certain also of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. For as much then as we are the offspring of God, we ought not to think that the Godhead is like unto gold or silver or stone graven by art and man's device. In the times of this ignorance, God winked at, but now commended all men everywhere to repent because he hath appointed a day in that which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained, whereof he hath given assurance unto all men and that he hath raised him from the dead. And when they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some mocked and others said, we will hear thee again of this matter. So Paul departed from among them. How be a certain man clave unto him and believed among, which was, uh, oh, I have it written here. <laughs> it's Dionysius. <laughs> now I put a lot of syllables there, <laughs> but I needed to. <laughs> and this is what we're looking at. <laughs> the Aeropagite and a woman named uh, Demaris and others with them. And so we see that they gave him the floor to say what it is that he needed to say. Um, and uh, like normally what we see happen is there is uh, some that believe and some that follow. And especially, it, I'm so shocked that they did because, well, at this point, between Epicureans and Stoics, uh, this is gaining traction and people are living their lives by these pursuits of happiness. So to hear this true gospel just tells you the power by which the Holy Spirit is at work, right? And so with that, I think it's a good time and space for us to just pray for the teaching of God's word and then uh, we'll get back into it. Heavenly Father, <clears throat> Lord, thank you so much just for today. And uh, Lord, I just wanna ask that uh, you would just remove me and Lord, that the Holy Spirit would just speak freely um, to your people. Father, we are desperate for you to move in our lives and to encourage us with your truth and that we just might consider all that it is that your word has for us this morning. And so, Lord, would you just be with everybody that's going to speak, especially our dear uh, Pastor James, uh, who will be teaching in both services. And so, Father, have your way in this place where we pray that there will be professions of faith. We pray that people will, will maybe just rededicate their life or sign up for discipleship. And um, Lord, be magnified, be glorified in this place. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Okay, so with that, what's my purpose for you? You know, I kind of gave you the central idea. But my purpose for you is to refresh our minds on what the will of God is. Now, make no mistake, if you just type that in your Bible, like blue letter or whatever, you're going to see a lot of different things that are God's will. But the key theme of the Bible is a king and his subjects. And Acts has been unfolding for us the opening of the door to the Gentiles to become God's subjects through faith in Jesus. And so that is where we are. That is what we're looking at. And so with that, there is uh, Galatians, excuse me, that I want that you guys mark down right here. Grace be to you from God the Father and from our Lord Jesus who gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from this present evil world according to the will of God and our Father. That is absolutely God's will. And these Gentiles don't, they don't know that. But now they're getting an opportunity to hear that. And so we've seen this European tour, 
We saw an East Asian tour that has taken place beforehand. And just that is what is happening in Acts. You have to appreciate that just in today's world, because really, quite honestly, without Paul's ministry, there may not be even the church that we have today. Uh, we follow, obviously, the pattern in which Paul set up in terms of how to establish a church, how to have leadership in a church, disciple, all of those things. The Lord allowed this man to lay that foundation for us. And so with great detail, we should pay attention to what it is that we're looking at. But you may have just followed me up with a question that just simply says this, why do I care about this in today's world? Because if you have put your trust in Jesus and you have entered into a relationship with him, and that comes with knowledge that helps, don't miss this, your attitude and affects your actions. And the one thing in faith fellowship that I want you to really consider is your attitude and your actions. This year, remember, this is a year that I want to be a, a year for you. My heart's desire, my prayer for this class is that this would be a year that we grow, that we would get uncomfortable. We would allow the Lord to use us mightily. And so, but we got to look at from that Epicurean and Stoic viewpoint, there are some wrong attitudes. And so these are our key points. I'm confused about who God is. You know, I want you to kind of, you know, a lot of you would maybe say, well, of course I know who God is, but do your, does your attitude always reflect that? And then do your actions reflect that? I'm confused about where God is. We know if we are saved by the blood of the lamb, we have put our trust in Jesus Christ. We know that he is resurrected, sitting on the throne, that I have the Holy Spirit in me. Does my attitude reflect that? Do my actions reflect that? I'm confused about what God wants. This is one that absolutely seems a challenge for the modern church today. We think he wants all this other stuff to turn our churches into circuses and amusement parks and smoke machines. Man, I mean, it's not a concert. The word of God doesn't need those embellishments, right? And you can get so focused on that, those kinds of things, praise the Lord. We just want this place to be distraction-free enough so that you don't see any little spiders in the corners, things of that nature, but no smoke machines. There's no pyrotechnics when I walk through the, <laughs> you know, praise the Lord for that. And so these things, these attitudes, I want us to kind of examine this morning. Paul knows what God's will is, and he wanted to clarify that for the Athenians. They need to know now who this God is that we're speaking of. And so with that, let's get into our first key point. I'm confused about who God is. If we look back at verse 21 and Acts 17, 21, it says, for all Athenians and strangers, which were there, spent their time in nothing else but either to tell or to hear some new thing. And that develops in us, first off, a wrong action. We will waste time. If I'm confused about who God is, I am not going to redeem the time. I'm going to find other things to do. I'm going to, I'm going to put myself in, in situations that really are just distractions. Now, for our age group and the, and the range in which we cover and in the demographic that we have, say, like, if you're, uh, you know, 
a parent, boy, that's super easy to do because you have some plans for the kids. They got to play soccer, you know, they got to do these things and they start piling up when you have more than one kid, right? And the next thing you know, you're like, man, I haven't been to Bible study. And you know, they don't care. You notice that soccer, especially is really bad practice on Sunday sometimes. Like, what are you doing? Well, they're not going to church. So that's, that's why, right? And it's not to throw shade on those things, but here's the deal. I have to keep in my mind presently just an attitude that says I can't be wasting time. I got to be about my father's business. And Ephesians 5, 16, it says, redeeming the time. Why? Because the days are evil. These people aren't redeeming the time. They like to hear new things. And boy, couldn't we say, how is it any different for us in this world? Isn't YouTube a black hole? <laughs> I mean, you don't even like cats, but you will see a cat video. <laughs> You're going to get on a cat video. And you might even kind of go, oh, that's cute. And you're like, I was looking up something important. Why am, why am I watching people fall downstairs? Like, and laughing, you know. <laughs> it is just the thing that, I, you know, just when I was thinking about this, I, I just thought, man, I want to be able to say with a, with a pure, honest heart, God, I'm not, I'm not confused about who you are. But then I... <laughs> When he turns the mirror back and I go, oh man, I spent too much time on this. I know too much about that. It's just the kind of thing that we got to think about. This is something that Paul's wanting to clarify for these guys. This is why these aimless pursuits to have all these multiple gods they have and these statues to virtue and just all of these different things. It's like, hey, that's a waste of time. <laughs> you know, you're not doing the wrong, the right thing. The other, there's another wrong action that it will produce is our reverence for him is shared with lesser things. When I don't know who God is, my reverence for him is shared with lesser things. So now I have placed something in the same priority that he should be in. And for our group, what, what that can be a lot of times is family and work. But then listen, also your health, or lack thereof. And man, I'm telling you, it's the, it's the Tuesday night headache. I can't make it to church. I was kind of good, but you know, my body at about three o'clock started making a tremor there. And then it's going to be raging enough that seemingly ibuprofen will not fix it. So I'm going to just have to stay home and do something else. <laughs> right? There's always something that is competing for the same spot that only God should hold. I wonder just how that makes the Lord feel if I say that I know truly who he is. In verse 22, it says, Then Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill and said, Ye men of Athens, I perceive that in all things you are too superstitious. And I love what Habakkuk 2.18 says about this. It says, what profiteth the graven image that the maker thereof have graven it, the molten image and the teacher of lies that the maker of his work trusteth therein to make dumb idols 
Woe unto him that said to the wood, awake to the dumb stone, arise, it shall teach. Behold, it is laid over with gold and silver, and there is no breath at all in the midst of it. And I just wonder, guys, what profit it us to allow anything or anyone to hold a seat that the Lord should have? Especially when that thing potentially, you know, I remember uh, that's a, it's a really easy thing to do when you buy a new house. First of all, you have a Bible's worth of paperwork to fill out that kind of makes this sinking feeling in your stomach. And you're like, oh, no, I'm in debt forever. You are. <laughs> Actually, I, I'm sorry. I can't really lessen that blow for you. All of us homeowners know that, right? But you know how that your house is a constant dripping of I need some kind of attention. I'm just saying, for our, for our group that wants to nestle itself in comfort, and we've been blessed with things, the Lord is blessed with, with jobs, spouses, kids, homes, you know, all of these things. And, and all of these things just keep rising in importance. And the Lord is like, where am I at? And I, I yeah, there were home projects where you, I, I remember it was early on, thank God. I just realized, like, listen, I'm going to church. It's dusty as all get out, but whatever. I'll see you. <laughs> I got to go. I'll just we'll worry about it when we get back. And, you know, when you get back, you're just like, oh, I'm just going to set fire to this thing. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> Sometimes you just feel that way, right? And, I, and, you know, this is why we need to be careful and why they had the, the money series that we've had over the last few weeks is just to help our viewpoint. You know, a lot of people might think, oh, this would be good for Kaya in high school. No, it'd be good for us to detach. Shouldn't care so much. Man, what if God wanted you in Tampa, but you love their house and you ain't going to sell it. And you'll never go to Tampa and the Lord will just have somebody else do it. Man, I, listen, I don't want to miss out on opportunities because I love anything that the Lord has blessed me to own. All of it, I'm holding in my hand like this, not like this. Why give that thing breath? It doesn't love me back. In 1 John 5.20, it says, And we know that the Son of God has come and hath given us an understanding that we may know him that is true, and we are in him that is true, even in his Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. Guys, this is the answer. There isn't anything that Paul is absolutely right. He shouldn't feel good about what it is that he sees when he has truth and light. Man, I pray for Faith Fellowship to have that same heart. That when we go out and we spend time and that, you know, maybe, you know, we're at restaurants or that, you, you know, you just got your ears up. Sometimes, you know, it's going, you're going to just enjoy your meal. You're going to have a good time. And listen, I don't want you to feel guilty about that. That's, it's totally fine. But you know that there are sometimes the Holy Spirit is tapping and you just keep looking at this person like, what do you want, Lord? I just want to eat these pancakes. Well, just say hi to them. They're sitting, you know, you can elbow them in the ribs. They're sitting, just say hi, just say something. And next thing you know, there's long conversation, right? Like, just be open to it. Because it helps you to put a priority back on the things that matter. 
versus I'm just going through life, doing the things I want to do, my comfort, don't look at me, don't talk to me, don't look at my kids, don't talk to them either. We're getting in the car, we're gonna put the garage door down, don't talk to us, see you next year. <laughs> right? This is how we are, right? We got our bubble, don't touch it, don't look at it. COVID made it really good for that because you got a mask. You're like, oh, don't, ooh, especially, no, no, no. No. <laughs> no, I don't know. You got it. <laughs> right? And so, listen, I, I want to challenge those, those attitudes that, that we may have and not necessarily try to bring what's happening in Paul's day forward, but have us to take a look back and see that we're not much different than those Epicureans and Stoics. We're not that different. It'd be super easy for us to cast judgment on them, but we act the same way, <laughs> right? And so our next key point is I am confused about where God is. And obviously again, for us, we talk about this endlessly. We have a great understanding. We know that drums getting louder does not bring the Holy Spirit, like perhaps some of the doctrine in places that I grew up going to church at. Because um, then sister so-and-so is going to do somersaults and cartwheels all down that aisle, right? No. If you got it, you got it all the time. Okay? So chill out. Sit down. <laughs> Verse 24. God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands. Man, what does this lead us to? Our wrong action. We do things in the flesh to please him. And see, if you think about the temples that they're constructing in these statues, in their mind, they're trying to pay honor and homage. They don't even know to whom. We don't want to miss anybody, so we got to make a lot of them. <laughs> right? It's sad. But how is that any different than the same thing that I can develop where now I'm going to try to do goodness in the flesh? And you know how that works out. In Second uh, Chronicles, it says, but who is able to build him a house? Seeing the heaven and heaven of heavens cannot contain, contain him. And I love this. You, you, when you go back, underline it. Who am I then? I just, I mean, you know, sometimes, Christian, we just got to ask ourselves, who am I then? Because I'm about to get real sideways about you asked me to come or you asked me to do something extra or I need to fill in for somebody that's supposed to be in this shift, but they weren't because they had the headache that ibuprofen couldn't solve. And so now I got to cover that in kid town, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like you get the attitude is building. And you have this. You have this thing, now I'm going to try to do this in the flesh, and I'm murmuring the whole way through, and the Lord's like, man, I wish you'd just go upstairs for prayer, <laughs> just so you could get it out. Like, listen, okay, one of these things that we got to stop doing and, and forgetting that we have the Holy Spirit in us, and now I'm going to grieve it by trying to do something with some kind of attitude as if, man, I've always got to pick up all the pieces in this place. <sighs> you know who else? I had to pick on y'all just because I've seen it. My, my mom did it to me. But mamas, you guys can be like that sometimes too, right? That resentment kind of builds because so-and-so, they didn't, they didn't wash the dishes. They're supposed to. Now you got to do it. 
Now, my mom would just wake me up. That could be with the belt when I was a certain age. Or just the very brisk taking the covers off. Get up! <laughs> you, uh, not until, you know, oh, I forgot my, yeah, you forgot. Get in there. Yeah. She didn't mess around. It was good. Praise the Lord. <laughs> no problems. So I'm just telling you, you can kind of build, though. You can kind of have this attitude. Listen, the Lord, you should just have a one of grace. This is all a privilege. Everything that we get to do. Do you think that God needs us? Well, I'm going to just tell you, he doesn't. Let's read the next verse. It's going gonna, it's gonna to tell you that in the next couple of verses here. We got some more that we need to read here just to keep in our minds. For I know that in me, y'all know this verse, that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present. It's all there. Man, I wish. Oh, yeah, I'd like to go. Yeah. Oh, that sounds good. You bet you had fun. How much that costs? Yeah, we'll do that. Pray for me. Get out of here. You don't want them to actually pray for you because then you'd have to do something about it. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good, I find not. Nope, because this thing is wretched. <laughs> Verse 25. Neither is worship with man hands as though he needed anything. <laughs> Why? Seeing he giveth to all life and breath and all things. And so here's our other action. Our good works become favors for God. Like I'm doing him a favor. It's a privilege that you get to do it, but now you've turned it into a thing that's like, Lord, you owe me something because of my seeming faithfulness, right? I had too many things this week, Bible study and discipleship and church. You asking too much. Stop asking me. I ain't going to do it next week. Got to take a week off. Man, come on. This is the Lord the lord okay not a lord the one has done move heaven and earth to allow you to have your grubby hands in kingdom business i mean we ought to just say amen like you know and listen i'm not saying that i don't have to get my heart right you know and there's things you want to do or whatever and and you got to, you know, prepare for a Bible study or whatever. And yeah, surely, because you have a flesh, it's never convenient. Is it ever that when you just wake up, you're like, this is just going to work out. I'm going to just be in my word and it's going to be good. I'm going to have a good. No, somebody screaming kid. Somebody, you know, is throwing up or it's just you throwing up. <laughs> you know, you got the headache that won't go away, whatever it is. And like the Lord's still like, man, I'm ready to meet you. I got my coffee. Where's yours? Right. Come on, let's sit in that little bright so you can nod your head and go, mm, so good. What'd you read today? I don't know. It was so good, though. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's just stop performing as if the Lord is like, man, I couldn't see it. I think that was genuine. <laughs> no, he knows that you read that verse five or seven times because you waited too late to read. And so now you have never been that sleepy in your whole life. And you're trying to read, and you have read that verse seven times. And still, if I say, what did that verse say? I don't have a clue. God still loves you. <laughs> right? And then you're going to do it again tomorrow. I mean, that's just, 
and he still loves you. This is why we got to know the nature of that relationship. See, it's not good enough just to build statues and temples that are beautiful, and we could go to Athens right now and see them and be impressed by them. And the Lord says, it's still not fit for me. I'd rather be in you than to be in that. Oh. And I'm doing him a favor, and he wants to hang out in here. This is a, an alley. <laughs> you know, that's what I am is an alley with the dumpster, like a New York alley, the big rats, <laughs> all of that. The one you don't, you know, you peer down like, mm, no. <laughs> take, this, take the lit streets, <laughs> right? And so it's just, it's just that thing. Like you got to know who you are. Who am I then? Who am I that I should develop these attitudes? That I should look down on my brother and sister who maybe is going through a thing and I can't just encourage them to say, yeah, I'll step in your place. It's all good. No problem. I got you. Guys, we, let's be honest. There's still some learning, some knowing that needs to happen on our part. Because we got attitudes and we got actions that are absolutely communicating something different. One of the things, you know, just in terms of that favor, you know, Paul knows he cannot say anything about the multitude of opportunities. I was thinking in terms of an example of that. If you think about Paul, he can't say anything about the trouble and the opportunities he's having. The way he persecuted Christians, he knew full well, I can't believe God is using me to have at all, that he didn't just kill me. He could have. And, and yet the Lord said, no, I'm going to use you. So, man, he's going to take a shipwreck. He's going to take being jailed. He's going to take being beaten. Like, guys, that, that, that shows gratitude. So that's what I'm saying in terms of just an attitude for us is the little bit of trouble we have. Just grin and bear it. Grin and bear it. You are doing kingdom business. Appointed by the father, by the king. To have an impact in lives. Man, whether it's your finances with the tithes, your offering, whether it's with actually in discipleship, a Bible study, get to invite and encourage. Like, I want you to see those things properly. These are not just something else to, 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 to block out, you know, you watching your favorite show. You'll, you'll have time for that. You, you know the Lord will give you some time. Man, something don't work out, a, a meeting falls through, and then all of a sudden you got out, you like, Praise the Lord. I get to play, <laughs> right? And you go play, and the Lord says, okay, tomorrow, get back to work. Hey, you get that strange phone call. You need to go visit somebody. You need to call. You need to stay up late. Man, answer the phone. You can't sleep. Pray for that person. That's just burning your mind. You know, when we think about each other in this class, like, that is kingdom work. That's, that's why I'm trusting the Lord for us to do and consider. Verse 26, it says here, and hath made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on the face of the earth and hath determined the times before appointed and the bonds of their habitation. That times there is a limited period of time. You know, these nations get to prosper and grow. And obviously a lot of times nations take no thought for 
who the Lord is, and, and even Rome <laughs> and Greece and the U.S., <laughs> right? And any other country or superpower that's kind of existed is that they just move and go, but the Lord is like, I'm giving you a window. And it's a vapor of time. How are you going to use it? You don't have all the time in the world. I know even at our age, we think we do. That was the thing that obviously was troubling for us, just considering tall. He's not that much older than me. Like what, maybe three or four years, maybe five years. You don't have all the time in the world. So when you, the time you have, you, you should, and you should treasure it. And I know, listen, it's very easy when you're kind of doing something similar on a daily basis, it can just feel mundane. I mean, guys, you guys that don't have pa or kids, you don't know what it's like for a single mom that has to see her children. She loves them, but it's hard. They talk a lot. They want something. They need something constantly. And then you didn't put the dishes away, fella. So that just added to her work. I get that. I hear all of that. And so listen, for our group, we got single guys, we got single mothers, we have couples, we have everybody, empty nesters, everybody. But listen, you are not free from the responsibilities of your faith. The Lord is still looking for you to double down on this investment he made in you with his Holy Spirit and his word and his people. Man, they are precious to him. And sometimes I just don't think, and if we're honest, they are as, as precious to us. Verse 27, I think, is the key verse of this passage that we're looking at. Why? Because it says this, that they should seek the Lord if happily they might feel after him and find him, though he be not far from every one of us. That happily there is by chance. But listen, you will find him. See, don't just look for God. Go and be where he's at. Go and be where he's at. Don't just look up and kind of feel like, oh, God, where are you at? You left me in this situation. You're throwing your hands up in frustration. Listen, your first point of attack is the word of God. There's where the answer is. How you always set your heart is by prayer. I have started prayers that were angry and ended in humility because I remembered who I was talking to. The answer is in the word. I have to go find him. Listen, if it's Saturday night, then you have an appointment Sunday morning. This is why we can't treat our attendance like just so haphazardly, so casually. Man, you're, you're showing up to Bible study. It ain't, listen, it, as a Bible study leader, every time I see all the guys, oh man, that is a good day. I'm just encouraged by their presence. They don't even know it until now. I just spoiled it. All right. But I'm telling you, for all my other Bible study leaders in here, aren't you encouraged when, they, when everybody shows up? Man, it's something to that. Man, try Listen, go meet with God. I was about to say something that would have made it a little more. You could get out of it. Go be there. No, no, no. Go meet with God. He's at Bible study. He's at D2 
oh, foundations two and three, sorry. <laughs> because in there, you're going to learn how to disciple and you want to go and meet with him there and watch him transform somebody else's life right before your very eyes. And you're like, Lord, I didn't prepare enough. He's like, I got it. Lord, I don't know what to say. I got it. Just chill out. Be here. I want you to do this. Guys, if happily, if by chance, we might feel after him. We'll find out. He's not far. And I was thinking about their gods. Their gods are at a distance because, well, they don't exist. So they're at a really far distance, right? You built this statue. It does nothing. One of the things, you know, you get a chance to see there is just this temple of, um, of Athena and just how big, you know, they kind of have it laid out on the floor of how big that statue would have been. Guys, I'm 6'2". And that thing would have been every bit of 25, 30 feet tall. For nothing. For nothing. Man, he's there in the word. He's there. He's here at church with us. He's in you. Look for him. Go find him. Here's what we find in verse 28. Uh, when we find him. I love how this is set up, man, how this is just so eloquently written and said. He says, for in him we live and move and have our being, as certain also of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. So in him we live, we move, and we are his offspring. And John 1, 12 says this, but as many as received him to them, gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. In Hebrews 12, 9, it says, furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh, which corrected us, and we gave them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the father of spirits and live? I love that they use that word subjection. Because listen, if he's king, then we are his subjects. If he's king, then we are his subjects. See, I want to be submitted to him. I want to know where he's at at all times. Why? Because that's my dad. And there's never a time my dad is going missing. He's right there. Guys, I'm telling you, if we get this this year, it's going to have an impact on us. I'm, 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 I'm telling you, trust me. Last point. I am confused about what God wants. In verse 29, it says, for as much then as we are the offspring of God, we ought not to think that the Godhead is like in the gold or silver or stone graven by art and man's devices. And in verse 30, it says, in the times of this ignorance, God winked at, but now commendeth all men everywhere to repent. And so here's the uh, wrong action for that. We will be clueless on how to stay in right fellowship with him. When I'm confused about what he wants, we're going to be clueless on how to maintain that. We'll find it difficult. We'll find ourselves in situations that compromise us and grieve our Holy Spirit. And then what happens? Shame starts showing up and we withdraw. And it's almost like we don't know how to get right with our Father. That's who he is. He's not just in a statue or, or some temple with beautiful columns. He is in us. 
And I know exactly what he wants because I have his word. I was going to hold my iPad up and I was like, nah. <laughs> I have my Bible over there. <laughs> it's in his word, guys. If I want to know what he wants, and I love here, verse 30 just told you. In the times of this ignorance, God winked at, but now commandeth all men everywhere to repent. And so here's a great verse, a great reminder. Paul here is retelling his testimony of salvation. He knows full well what that means. In Acts 26, 16 through 18, it says this, but rise and stand upon thy feet, for I have appeared unto thee for this purpose, to make thee a minister and a witness both of these things which thou hast seen and of those things in which I will appear unto thee. Why? Delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles unto whom now I send thee to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. Paul knows exactly what God wants, and he knows it's not just for him, but for all men. And so when I know what he wants, it's going to automatically make me a minister. You see what I'm saying? The two cannot go together, cannot be separated from each other. If I truly know what he wants, then I know he wanted me to repent, and he wants those that have not around me to do the same. And then he will use me to be able to give that message. And that could be a, a, a confrontational evangelism where it's just boom up front and you're right there and you just, hey, how do you feel about the Lord? What? I don't even like him. You know, <laughs> hopefully he won't hit you. Punch him back. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> the conversation will be over at that point. But, I mean, you know, people are going to do some weird stuff. Brian Clark has some interesting uh, testimonies of things that they had to endure in England. When you see them again, you should ask them about it. And they stood the test of time. There's an established church there because why? The Lord sent them there to do work. So now he sent you. Don't let, don't get distracted. Don't get sidetracked by the, the fear of failure or, or rejection. It's a part of it. It's a part of it. Do you truly know what God wants for you? And so listen, this kind of sets us up, quite honestly. I mean, let's face it. You could just repent yourself today. We should start there. Oftentimes, it's super easy to see the sin and everybody else and miss it on ourselves. And quite honestly, there's just a little bit more that I, that I have, but I really, I think I'm going to just stop it right here. Because I, I want us to just have a little bit of time just to pray, like five minutes, just by yourself. You bow your head, and just you and the Lord have a conversation. If any of these things are kind of hitting you over the head, that you are confused about who God is by your attitude, you are confused about where he is, you're confused about what he wants, this is a good opportunity for you to make it right. Let's start with repentance. Okay, and then ask, and just let's ask the Lord to use us in whatever way that he sees fit. Man, I praise the Lord that the Lord deemed it necessary for Paul to have the opportunity to be able to do that with the Athenians. And man, praise the Lord, there was fruit from that. Man, guys, we have more data than those Athenians. Let's treat the Lord as such. Let's pray. Heavenly Father.
Lord, you see us. And Lord, we just kind of get an opportunity to just open up our, our hearts and our minds to you. And Lord, really just confess our faults. And so, Father, we're just asking um, that you would just hear us. Perhaps there is something that we recognize that we just haven't thought right on and that we have um, just kind of gone through the motions. Lord, where we have gotten over the great work, finished work that you did on the cross, the position um, that we now have with you as sons and daughters. And um, Father, we just want to repent of that and, uh, and just be uh, grateful, amazed that you love us enough to do that. And so, Lord, um, help us to just sort these things out. You know, it's going to take more conversations with you, but I, I pray that all of us would just meet with you. Lord, it's, it may be uncomfortable. You may have to reveal some things and some attitudes and actions that we just need to get rid of. And Lord, help us to just faithfully do that. God, my heart's desire is that you would use this people um, mightily in the lives of those that they interact with and in each other's lives. And that, Lord, we would just have knitted hearts because we are all provoking one another unto good works. And that we're not trying to do it in the flesh. We're not trying to put on a show. But that we're just simply with gratitude and amazement that you would even want to use us. And so, Father, um, be with us as we consider and we ponder. Lord, I pray that no man or woman leave here discouraged or thinking that somehow that they cannot face you. Lord, that is the farthest thing from the truth. You are a known God to us. You are our God, our Father. And so, Lord, um, have your way in our hearts. Be with us. Help us to make the hard de de decisions. And Lord, we pray um, just that we would bear good fruit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.